it's exciting to see yourself be able to tackle new challenges and to be able to do this successfully. But I think also to be able to see the other women and even men in these communities succeed, it it is empowering, not just on a personal level, but it's empowering, you know, in the lifestyle that we've created to, you know, across the board, seeing our families grow, seeing our friends succeed. And, and I definitely have some fantastic friends in this community that I've made, you know, Nicole Benzel and my best friend, Claire Dorn and Steph Pleasure, and then, you know, fantastic people like Amy Spock and Diane O'Brien. And, uh, you know, it, they've, they've become family to me because they have such wisdom and insight and, and it's exciting to be able to tackle these new places with them. Hey there, my friend, it's Dr. Anthony Balduzzi from the Fit Mother Project, and I want to welcome you back to another amazing episode here on the podcast. In just a few moments, you're going to hear a conversation between myself and one of our Fit Mother program members, Kristen Pewitz. Kristen is a 46-year-old mom of three. She's been married for 22 years, worked as a nurse, currently homeschooling her kids. She has a lot going on. And in 2020, just a little over, let's just say a year and a half ago, Kristen made the commitment to dramatically improve her health. She decided that enough was enough. She didn't want to be overweight anymore. And at the time of beginning our Fit Mother program, Kristen was tipping the scales at around 230 pounds at a height of five foot seven. And over the course of basically a year, Kristen gets down to around 135 pounds. She lost over 90 pounds. And this is after years of struggling with nutrition, trying fad diets, stuff's not working for her. Kristen was able to make a full shift, certainly physically, but more importantly, I think we're going to hear from this conversation, is mentally, spiritually, emotionally too. She got herself completely on track. She reinvigorated her life. And there's just so many amazing lessons from this conversation that I'm excited to share with you. So without further ado, let's get Kristen on the podcast and we can hear her amazing story. All right, Kristen, welcome officially to the Fit Mother Podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Anthony. So glad to be here. <laughs> so to kick this off, I know we have a lot to cover and you have such a beautiful story. And I mentioned this to you before we hit record that you were like a poster child for the FMP because of the transformation you made on so many levels. Before we get into your Fit Mother journey, I'd love for you to introduce yourself to everyone listening, your name, your age, where you're from, and a little bit about your family. And then we're going to get into your Fit Mother journey. All right. Well, my name is Kristen Pewitz. I'm 46 years old this December. I am from Texas originally and kind of settled in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. So we're just in a small suburb of Fort Worth, Texas called Hazlitt, Texas. And uh, it's like country with little cows and little horses. My family consists of my husband, Ron, who I've been married to for 22 years. He's a software engineer. And as a previous career, I was a nurse and now I'm a stay-at-home mom. And I have three fantastic girls that keep us busy. Ashley's 17, Hannah's 15, and Ellie is 13. And I homeschooled them for the last three and a half years. So it has kept me very busy. <laughs> totally. And what year did you start your Fit Mother transformation? I actually started in uh, 2020, August 31st. I was at church in May and had a uh, friend that was doing it, my uh, music minister at church there. And he had been doing it for about three months. And I said, look, man, what are you doing? What, what's, 
happening for you that's working because I'm seeing it happen right in front of me. And he had lost about 25, 30 pounds. And he said, Fit Father Project. And a friend had told him about it. And I got home that night, hopped on my computer and looked and found that the Fit Mother was the complement to the Fit Father program. And he was 10 years my junior. And I thought, oh, I'm not sure I can do this, but I'm really, really excited about it. So talked to my best friend about it. And she was looking for a change too. So we hopped on August 31st and never looked back. Yeah. That's amazing. Now, before we get into what actually took from sign up and then to go on to losing over 90 pounds, which is amazing, I want to know about what brought you to that point. In 2020, you know, what were you feeling with your health at this point? What had been going on with your with your health, your mindset, and, and kind of where were you at? Well, in uh, May of 2020, I'm about 5'7", and I was about 235 pounds at my heaviest there. And I started uh, really kind of looking at the fact that I'm midlife already. I'm not in a place where I can continue the pattern of old habits that I have. I've got to make a change. I was lacking a lot of energy. I wasn't happy in lots of places in my life. And that lack of contentment was affecting my marriage and my family and my relationships with people on the outside. And uh, my brother had died in the fall of the year before. And so, you know, the patterns of emotional eating that I had then just hit overdrive and I gained an extra 15, 20 pounds in about six months. So I knew I needed to change. I knew that the way that I was living my life wasn't a place I could continue because I was going to eat myself to death, really. I mean, that's what it looks like, you know, with all of the chronic issues that were starting to happen. I would try to work out in the yard. We have about an acre here and I would do all the yard work. And I was trying to dig up a tree one day and I hurt my neck pretty severely just trying to get it out of the ground, you know, led to MRIs and physical therapy and some other things. And I, not that that couldn't have happened if I had been healthy, but I think it would have been far less likely. And because of that, because I was trying to do a lot of things that I just wasn't physically able to do anymore, started really sinking into a, a place of significant discouragement, which looking back, I feel like I was probably depressed and yeah. um, I'm a bit of a pessimist anyway. So, <laughs> you know, if you're already a very deeply emotional person like me, and then you have a lot of negative, uh, uh, responses to things, there it is. You know, I'm, I'm feeding my negative, um, emotions with food because it's, it's a temporary gratification of that, but really it just leads to kind of a, a cyclical behavior of feeding something that makes you feel worse to then feeding it again because you feel worse. And, um, I knew I needed help to get out of that. So. Mm -hmm. And you see this sign at church through the music minister and you're like, maybe there's at least, at least like, maybe there's a chance. I want to know that there's a chance. So if you, you see this sign, you inquire and there's a fit mother project and you also enroll your friend Claire with you, which I think it was very smart. And so what, what happens in like this first week to two weeks as you're starting to get going on this new plan? I imagine there's in the background of your mind, some thoughts about, can I actually do this? Like I've tried weight loss before in some of these thoughts, but at the same time, you also choose to proceed and choose to like start to learn. So what is it like in that very early bit of time? And you have this baggage of emotions, you have a lot of baggage of extra weight, but you think there's a glimmer of hope that you can get going. Let's talk about that very early first one, two, three weeks starting on the program. Okay. Well, right before the program had started, I had started walking. I could see a little bit of my weight fluctuate. You know, I lost about seven pounds, but I was just doing it on my own. 
And I had done Weight Watchers and keto and some other things in the past on my own. And I could see that I didn't have the the knowledge, the education, the expertise to be able to, to see what that was going to take, except I knew that just exercise alone without changing my diet was not going to go anywhere. So going into Fit Mother and the way you laid out the perfect plate, and here are all the educational aspects of what nutrition actually looks like and the breakdowns of macros, including the complex carbs and you know what a healthy carb versus a poorer version of a carb might be like pastas and breads and things like that on a regular basis, what those would do to you and how your insulin spikes. And I learned so much of this information straight out in front. And I love structure and I love to be able to kind of control my environment. So that was fantastic because it felt like you were equipping me right from the very beginning on how exactly to do that. But I was also a little bit of a lazy cook. You know, I had a hard time really putting those things into practice without a lot of effort. And so that's probably where my biggest stumbling block was, was, you know, I I need to know what this is going to look like for me, but because I'm married and because I have three children, I don't want to make my decisions necessarily their decisions without giving them an opportunity to go, you know, I don't really know that I like this. I don't know what else. And and I'm a feeler, so I feel everybody's emotions too. And, And initially, you know, it was a bit of a change because I was really making my meals just for me, making them something entirely different. And I was eating on plan. You know, the water intake that's recommended is is a huge part of this and learning how to not only just fuel our body with something clean, but also what hydration does for us and it also keeps us full uh, for a greater length of time. So we're satiated and don't have to have, you know, snacks and things so much. I didn't drink water at all. I I never really craved it. Um, you know, you can feel dehydrated a little bit and you go get a soda. And so Diet Dr. Pepper, I'd pop one in, I'd probably have three or four of them a day. I'd have coffee regularly. And so because of, you know, my mission statement said, I'm, I'm willing to give these things up. Um, it became this situation where all of a sudden these new habits all at once were overwhelming. It was, it was a lot of work. And so every morning I'd get up and I already have a plan because the journaling that you've given us straight out in phase one teaches us to, you know, talk about our water intake that we're going to do every day, talk about our breakfast, lunch, and dinner, our go-to meals and things like that. And what's that that's going to look like. So those really prepared me for success straight out in in front of me without me having to make a lot of decisions in the spare of the moment. Cause you know, in the spur of the moment, we go, ah, oh, you know, fast food really looks good right now. Or, oh, there's a snack over there that I've had before that I might want to grab. So that was vital for me. I think the journaling was a huge step towards success for me. Um, you know, the exercises, I was scared to death because even though I have been a physical person in the past with, you know, exercise in high school, I really never did anything past college like tennis or uh, softball that I'd done. I'd played basketball as a kid, but even then I was kind of overweight and never uh, fit, nor had I ever been given a lot of instruction on how to do that. So, you know, the, the exercises, the apex 10 and the full body fitness, and the, those really were excellent in how they were laid out. I didn't have to follow a video, which gave me the freedom to modify things if I needed to, and not feel overcome or defeated by the fact that I couldn't do push-ups straight out, you know, at the very beginning. So that, that was good, you know, learning what that looked like for me, learning that if I did it once, I could do it again. And by the end of that 
first two weeks, I was not feeling like I had to barf when I went to the Apex 10 every time. So that was, that was good. I could see, I could see strides being made very early on, even if it wasn't entirely on the scale, which is great because, you know, our, the program emphasizes non-scale victories are huge. And sometimes they're bigger than the ones on the scale that you get on every morning and look at. Yeah. That's a beautiful answer. And I want to pause and just highlight a few things that I think are really important. In the beginning, when we're making changes, especially deep-seated changes to our lives and our routines, it can be overwhelming because we're like shaking a lot of things up. There's a lot of motions behind this. And so for you, you found that the fact that there was some structure that you could hang on that gave you clarity where you didn't have to do the thinking is huge. And I've, I've come to realize like this is the biggest thing because when you start with structure, you can start to see some results and some energy in the proper direction. And then it becomes self-reinforcing in time. Like I imagine now the fact that you feel so good and you move your body and you exercise and you eat right. It's like those are self-reinforcing habits and behaviors, but it wasn't like that in the beginning. It takes some time for that to become like this positive feedback loop. So the structure is a huge thing. Two, I think you also very artfully navigated the fact that you were doing this for yourself, but you also were respecting your family. I think it's a it's an obstacle for a lot of people knowing that there's many different people at the house eating different things, but you committed to yourself enough that you were worth it to like take these extra steps, have your extra food and dinners. And I'm curious, before we continue, how has your family's life kind of changed in this process of like from the beginning when you're like, you got this Fit Mother recipe book and you're starting <laughs> to make new things to like, what are they eating now? How has your family yeah. come along or not come along or on the journey? Well, I'll make a point of saying that very early on, there were some struggles with the the recipes and things like that, that I didn't know exactly how I was going to put them into our days and things like that. And Claire had to constantly remind me that this entire process took a level of flexibility that I had not really given myself in the past. So, you know, be flexible in what you're doing on your meals. So for some meals, I would make a couple of different carbs and I would say, these are the options you can have. I would make a couple of different types of protein. And so, you know, eventually they got to where they also kind of took some ownership of that and not only trying a lot more vegetables than they would have ever done on their own, and so that was a process of educating them as well, which, which was fantastic because it meant that my journey wasn't just about me. It wasn't self-centered. It was about, you know, the concentric circles of dropping a pebble in a, in a puddle and, and seeing the ripple effect of that. So now yeah. my husband joined Fit Father and has not embraced the physical aspect of it with the workouts as much as he has the nutrition. And because that's such a huge part at 80% of this journey. He's lost 25 pounds and done fantastic on that. And he still eats regularly the same way that I do uh, without having, you know, the exercise aspect of it. So I think for people that are scared of the aspect of exercise and the physicality of that, and I just can't do it, you know, you can even, you know, until you're brave enough to do it, the nutrition part of it is huge. And once you get that under your belt, if, you know, if you can do that, that'll get you a long way to, to losing weight and living a lot healthier. And so in the process of all this happening, um, my husband, my children have done better. They eat a lot more of what I eat nowadays, and I keep a lot less in the, the house that gives them the opportunity to eat kind of off plan. So, you know, desserts and things like that, that used to really trigger the eating around the house kind of uh, nonchalantly has, has dropped significantly. So that's good <laughs> for me too. <laughs> it's nice. very good. It's very good for everyone. Now, when you set out, you lost over 90 pounds, around 228, 230 down to like 135 ish. 
Did you realize that this is how much weight you wanted to lose? Or was it like, man, I just want to lose my first 15 to 20 pounds and we'll see where it goes from there. What was your mindset like in the beginning as you're starting the program? Well, as a young adult, I had hit about 145, 150 right out of college. And I thought that was probably a pretty healthy weight for me. Um, little did I know that, you know, I was 145, 150 without a whole lot of muscle, without a lot of fitness involved in there. So that's kind of what I anticipated going back to because it, in my mid forties, you know, already at 44, I was looking at what, what's that supposed to look like for me? Because I'm not going to be a 20 year old anymore. I have a 44 year old body. I've had three kids and three C-sections, you know, and things like that. So I'm not going to look like, you know, a Barbie doll in a movie. I'm going to look like a 45 year old that's getting fit. And so I wanted to be realistic. So I looked at about 155. And as I started going down in strides, I saw that 155 was actually a, a, a good weight if I wanted to, to be there, but that I could actually still continue to drop even more. So I got down to 155 and I said, you know, I'm setting a new goal um, because I actually crushed the first one. That's fantastic. I, I never actually dreamed in my wildest imagination that I, that it was possible and, and it was possible with another project. So I thought, okay, if I can crush my first goal, I'm going to do it again. So I set it for 145 and I got down to 145 without changing anything at all. And, you know, you've heard people say, you know, those last 10 pounds are really hard. And I thought, okay, well, what does that really mean? Because for me, I was able to continue just eating on plan and having a free meal once in a while or a free item once in a while and doing my exercises six, seven days a week. And I was still dropping. And so I went down even further. I said, I'm going to do 140. Let's just try it because I hit 145 again. And this is fantastic. And I feel good. And I'm, I'm in good shape physically. I have a whole lot of energy and I don't feel like I'm giving myself a, a, you know, any kind of detrimental changes here. So I hit 140 and I decided at that point, I would just use that as my kind of maintenance spot. And so as I moved into phase four, I was hitting around 138 to 142, 143 on a regular basis. And I loved it. Now I've actually gone down even further. I've hit 135.6 and that's probably as low as I want to go, but it, it still, it feels fantastic to be there. I get hungrier now than I used to, um, without having a healthy snack, but, um, that's kind of where I've been for the last probably four or five months is between 135 and 140. Nice. So I'm pleased with that. I want to ask you, cause I think it's very relevant to what you just shared. What's been your relationship with the scale through fit mother project? Obviously you're using it, but obviously you're not on this, like, just like I will use the word a slave to this scale or someone or like, it's not running your life. What's your relationship been like to the scale? How's that relationship changed over time? Let's talk about that a little bit. Cause I think a lot of ladies are maybe listening to this who still have all that weight to lose. They're like, that's cool, Kristen, that you've done this, but like, it doesn't even, you know, let's talk about the scale a little bit. Okay. Well, uh, the scale for me initially was really a great tool to see the progress that I was making. However, I could also really let those numbers and the fluctuations of that ebb and flow get in my head and really defeat me. Um, and so I finally had to come to a spot where I said, you know what, I could have had less sleep last night, or I could have not had as much water as I did, or maybe my workout was really hard. And so I'm having some water retention from that. Maybe I just haven't 
you know, use the bathroom as often. Maybe I haven't done something, you know, quite the same as I had the couple of days before, or maybe it's a hormone shift. Maybe it's a, a monthly thing for women and, and I'm just retaining water for that. And so I couldn't let just the really micro changes in my weight dictate what I was doing. I, I, I did want to make sure that I was being successful. So in that process of learning how to have a really healthy relationship with the scale, I had to start going back and looking in like my app for my scale. It has a digital readout, you know, and so I could look at a graph. And so as Ben Sterling, our head coach will say, you know, you have to look at that linear downward progression. And, and you've said it a number of times where it, that's what we're looking for. And so at the very beginning, I think we're also incredibly impatient to see the changes that we have been craving and desiring for so long that we get in a hurry and it makes us frustrated by it. But I finally found a healthy relationship with my scale. And I know a lot of people don't want to read, you know, a daily readout in the morning, first thing. But for me, it was really valuable. And knowing that, you know, I can have a free meal. And it might cost me a couple of pounds, but in a couple of days, I'm already back to where I was before. And, and I can see those trends and treat them as what they are, as just the ebbs and flows of the daily life that we have. You know, my menstrual cycle would change my uh, weight about three or four pounds within a couple of days of starting. And, you know, by day five, I would start seeing the scale trend back down. And so I knew that after I had been working with that scale for, you know, two, three, four months, I was starting to see the changes and going, oh, you know, that that's actually fantastic. And so it, it didn't become this thing that defeated me so much as I'm using this as one of the healthy tools that I need yes. to keep going with this lifestyle. So that was great. Well, that's a beautiful answer. Really, really was. And it can be a tool mm -hmm. like it is for you. It gives you a lot of data and insight if used properly. And you're focusing on the trends. You just learn so much from your body when you do more frequently weighing. You do. You just see how certain things affect you. Uh, it makes you actually ask yourself some questions too, which I think is a very powerful part of the learning. Like what happened? Was there anything here that I had from insight on? Uh, and also you gain the skill of seeing that as the weight might spike for whatever reason it does, whether known or unknown, that it can trend back down and correct. And it gives you this skill set of being able to like correct and keep on like course correct. And that's really what over a, a span of nine, 12 months, like that's the skill set that keeps you in the right direction. So that's powerful. Okay. Here's what I want to talk about now. I want to talk about your actual routine. Like what, what a day in your life looks like one, when you were losing your first 50 pounds and maybe even a snapshot of like what it looks like now, like get up. What are you having for meal? Number one, when are you doing some exercise? What are some of your go-to lunches? Like real practical stuff. I'd like to get to the point where someone listening to this can kind of get a sense of what the plan that you worked was that led you to the results. Well, I think early on your um, literature recommends that you get some go-to meals. And so for breakfast, I, um, in the past had done muffins and, you know, pastries and, and things like that. And there was so much junk in them. And I thought, you know what, this is going to simplify my life really, really fast. And so I started doing the breakfast shakes that are on plan in the, the recipe section of our, our members plan. And I tried the, you know, the chocolate banana, peanut butter banana, I think, and some of the other ones and really liked them a lot. Now I consistently do pretty much the same one, the peanut butter banana one all the time. 
I stick some spinach in that gives me an extra boost of vegetables in the course of the day. When I first started, uh, my lunches were all the different sandwiches. You know, there were some that were wraps and some that were sandwiches with turkey and other things. And then there was the peanut butter and jelly. And I really like peanut butter. So for me, peanut butter and jelly has now become my staple of my days. You know, I can still throw in a wrap with some chicken in it and some uh, mixed greens and some avocados and things like that. But really my, my go-to that I can do in, in a pinch and I can even bring it with me places and I don't have to worry about going out to eat when we're out. Or if I go to a friend's house and I just need something quick to eat is the peanut butter uh, and jelly sandwich with a little drizzle of honey. And it's really, really good. Um, sometimes I toss a little salad on the side and, uh, and, and I've enjoyed it a lot. So, Hey, Kristen, we got to pause there because I think there's some women that like probably can't believe that you're eating bread and losing weight. I think we have a culture right now that is made it very much synonymous with anytime you have something like this, it's just not possible for you to be healthy and improve everything. But clearly you you have been. So what kind of bread have you been using and what's your relationship been like to that, having also experimented with something like keto in the past? Yeah, I really liked bread before this, you know, rolls and biscuits and croissants and things like that. So going to only having uh, Ezekiel bread which is a sprouted grain bread that's recommended on plan was something I wasn't sure about. Um, you know, the fact that we don't use a lot of butter in this healthy lifestyle too, I used to slather it on, you know, so in the mornings, um, doing something like that was part of breakfast sometimes. And now about the only time that I have bread is, um, when I do my sandwiches, um, and I really like it. And the Ezekiel bread brand has a few different kinds that you can use. Um, there's a very basic one, and there's also one that has some sesame seeds on the outside and, um, it's a little bit softer. So I've, I alternate between those, but I keep, you know, four to six loaves of that in my freezer at a time because it, it's fantastic. It's great toasted. It's great when it's just thought out as a piece of bread and with avocado on it or mustard or things like that. It just, it really sets it off as, as a great part of the journey without entirely giving up bread because, you know, sometimes it's a texture thing too. And and it still gives you the freedom to feel like you're eating something really healthy without giving up something that you may have loved in the past. So Great answer. Yeah. And I mean, this is just special bread, right? It's organic. Yeah. It's sprouted. It has like just amazing stuff in it. For a lot of people, this can be an absolute staple. And I'm really glad that it's a tool for you because it's something that will serve you for decades of life. Hence, now that you know this works for you and that's really special. So you're having typically a sandwich or for lunch. Let's run through the rest of the day. Yeah. Uh, so dinners, um, at the very beginning, I stayed entirely on plan with the recipes that were outlined for us. I threw in some spinach and and uh, green beans once in a while, mostly asparagus though, Brussels sprouts and broccoli for my plates, for the perfect plate. I also did my complex carbs. I chose the ones I really liked, which were the brown rice. Occasionally uh, drop in a little bit of quinoa. Uh, sweet potatoes are one of my favorites. So I have that a lot. But my family doesn't like that as much. So a lot of times I'll, I'll make my brown rice and throw in a side with them of white rice if they don't want my brown rice. And, and so they still have the freedom to choose those. And then for our proteins, we do a lot of just cooking them in the oven or sticking them in a, a pan with a little bit of extra virgin olive oil, or we even grill. And that's a fantastic option to not having quite the same flavors too, because we have a, a smoker as well. And so we do a lot of the organic grass fed beef. 
do chicken on a regular basis. My family is not huge on fish, but I really like salmon and cod and things like that. So I do that as well. My family also doesn't do a lot of shrimp. And so my husband and I can get in on that and we get, get it all to ourselves. And it's become a lot more doable for us and in just having a few extra options on the table without me having to make an entirely different plate. Because at the very beginning, it was me just making my own plate and then making them something entirely different. They, they weren't interested in, in trying all these brand new meals straight up front. And so as time went, we were able to kind of incorporate those a little at a time so that there was a little more acceptance of, we're just eating different now. And this is kind of the way it's going to be from now on. Yeah. I love how you navigated that couple fronts. One, I love that you had the passion and knew the importance of this to do something distinctly separate for yourself off the get-go, because that's what you felt like you needed to have the clarity and like this simple plan to follow. And then I also love that, you know, you've over time, the drip, drip, drip on the forehead is introduced to so many new healthy foods to your family. And I think it's really tactful how you did the choice option where you're like, we're building perfect plates. Here's some veggie options. Here's some carb options. And of course your family's enjoying the proteins that you're cooking in different ways. That's really beautiful how that works. Any go-to snacks? I mean, I know you mentioned lunch. Were you having breakfast, shake, then lunch, and then a snack, or then dinner? There are most days where I do the at-home meal plan. So I do 10.30, 2.30, and 5.30 to 6.30, sometime right in there. So for those listening, you're fasting until 10.30 typically now. Yes. So once dinner is done, I don't have anything else except maybe some water. Um, Occasionally, I'll have a little bit of decaf coffee or something like that. But um, the rest of the time, I'm doing the intermittent fasting between dinner and breakfast the next day. There are times, though, when I have um, you know a schedule during the course of the week with school and things like that where I need to do the -the on-the-go. And so I kind of um, alternate between those based upon what my schedule is. So a lot of times, I'll do the the 8, 12, and then I'll have a snack mid-afternoon and then dinner. And usually my snacks look like nuts. And so I like walnuts and cashews and pecans, kind of a quarter of a cup. And then I'll usually do some beef jerky, or sometimes I toss in a little bit of an apple, but, but I really actually prefer the the salty snacks to the sweeter ones right now. So, which is a strange change for me because I used to really enjoy a lot more fruit and a lot more, you know, sugary snacks. And now they're, they're not something I crave. So, you know, when I stick fruit in, it's, it's a special treat and and makes me feel like I'm still getting that wonderful aspect of, you know, balance and in the diet without having to, to eat a whole lot of it. So. Nice. Last question on your routine. When was it convenient for you to get exercise in and how did you start to build your habits and your momentum with your workouts? It's easiest for me, I think mentally to get up at the very beginning of the day. And so I I get up and I start drinking my water and I do my devotional and then I go straight to working out. And I have a, a cottage, which is a little bit of a kind of a guest residence out in our backyard. It used to be a horse barn that was converted in kind of an efficiency apartment. And so I kind of took that over and made it our workout space. And so my best friend only lives about six miles from me. So she and I would work out together every morning without fail, usually between six and seven o'clock, sometimes seven and eight o'clock. But we get that done in, you know, as soon as we could. I have found over the course of time that if I wait later in the day to do it, like mid-afternoon or in the evening, I just, the motivation to do it really kind of goes away. And then I can talk myself out of doing the exercise because I'm like, you know what? It's close enough to tomorrow. I'm just going to wait until tomorrow to do it. And I have had to just make myself always do it first thing in the morning, even when I have a day off or don't have anything else planned. And then 
because I get it done, I feel the sense of accomplishment and I can check it off my list and I can't talk myself out of it because I haven't had enough time in the day to talk myself out of it or anything else to happen. So, yeah, that's a powerful insight. I think for people that do feel like morning workouts are best for them, it's just such a powerful time to do it because you just get it in. You can be very consistent and you also get trained the more you exercise to approach things that are quote unquote hard. You know, you do hard things and you accomplish things regularly. And that changes your mindset quite a bit when you're doing hard things and then you're feeling good afterwards because you accomplish them and then you're seeing changes. So this is a nice segue into the mental aspect of this. I'd love for you to share as you're going through your journey, some of the different stages of mental shifts. First off, I'd like to talk about like your feeling with your own body, your, your self-love and feeling with your own body. How was that in the beginning? How did that change throughout the journey? And what are like the snapshots along the way? Well, at the very beginning of my fit mother journey, I I really loathed the way I looked. I didn't like looking in the mirror. Uh, it affected my intimacy with my husband because I just kind of hated myself. And I really was very discouraged by the fact that I continued to increase in sizes on my clothing. So I was in a size 18 going into a 20 pretty easily at 230, 235 pounds in, in May of uh, a year ago. That's discouraging, first and foremost, to to look around and see that there are clothes in my closet that I've worn that are multiple sizes lower than that. So it was motivation to get going. From there, I think really it only improved because as I started to see the changes, I started to have more energy. I started to have a different um, mindset about things. I saw that I could be really proactive for my own health. It was very empowering. Before, I just felt completely defeated. And so going into this, I I really think that the biggest uh, transformation for me, even early on, was uh, a mental one because I I started to really take responsibility for the fact that I had had a lack of self-control and discipline in the way I eat. You know, some of my other habits, like what I drank for hydration were not good for me. They were just essentially extra meals worth of calories without having any significant, you know, fuel for my body. So, um, those things were things I just, I had to change the way I, uh, related to food. And I, I think in one of your, uh, fit other project podcasts, you talk about how it really is fuel and you wouldn't put, you know, really lousy fuel and a really expensive sports car. So why would you do that to your own body? You know, for for me, that kind of resonated because I knew that that's exactly what I had been doing. I had been doing a lot of things that allowed me some instant gratification. They tasted good. And I think it's, it's an American thing too, to, to feel entitled to whatever we want. And so for me, I realized that even though I felt entitled to have whatever I wanted as an adult, I mean, it wasn't that I couldn't afford it. It wasn't because I wanted to sort of prevent myself from having, I didn't want to restrict myself before. And now I'm seeing, you know, in this process, as I get going in Fit Mother Project, it, it wasn't about restricting myself. It was just about making some really good decisions that were far better for me than where I was. And so that mentality has just grown over time because, you know, going into to phase four and seeing the personal and mental growth aspect of it um, that we get to, to sit and focus on and some of our um, life wheel aspects, being able to see those things, you can get even better. You know, you can still have a ton of variety in your, your food and in your uh, lifestyle and 
also look how much more that you can do than you used to be able to do because you've lost weight, you're fit, you're, you know, so now I, I do things with my children, I, you know, getting on the trampoline. They're like, what? You're going to, you're going to jump on the trampoline. <laughs> and used to, I'd be at a point where I was like, I'm, I'm scared to do that because my friend get hurt, you know, so I may be a 46 year old, but I feel like I'm in my twenties again and actually better because I've never been fit in my entire life. And I, I finally feel like I, I can own that, that label. I'm, I'm a fit mother. So that's fantastic. So it's great. <laughs> it is fantastic. And as you're sharing, I had a visual. It's like, it's like a giant snowball that is rolling over a peak. It's either rolling backwards or forwards. And like the backwards roll is when we're doing self-destructive behaviors that we know aren't good for us. And then we just keep on doing that. And that's like that negative momentum that spirals us deeper until we hit some rock bottom point where we're like, I'm going to shift this. And now you're on the other side of this thing and you've generated so much of this positive momentum where you're stacking up all these moments and experiences, like jumping on the trampoline with your family, all the different NSVs, all the friends you've made through Fit Mother Project, all the different weight milestones. And these are like things that have grabbed onto that snowball and it's bigger and stronger and it just adds to your momentum. So I think time is one of the things like if you work a plan like this and you accumulate more wins, scale victories, non-scale victories, moments, it like it's recreating you in a new way. And, and I love how you shared that from the basis of your physical transformation, you've used the Fit Mother Project to really look at all the other areas of your life and, and try to be better all over the place. I think that that's really meaningful. Now you mentioned a couple of things and, you know, I, I, I'm I'm a I'm a very deeply uh, spiritual person. I have a, a, a profound relationship to God, and I believe a lot of this is work is is comes from that place for me. And I, I think it's special that you found your first little bit omen and inspiration in church. And you also mentioned that you have a morning devotional that you do. I'm I'm curious to ask you how have you been your shifts with your your spirituality and your connection to what you believe and what you feel to be true throughout this process of getting healthier. Like how has this really played out in the spiritual domain? If you're open to sharing. Absolutely. Well, um, for me, I, there was a lot of spiritual dissatisfaction, um, that I had at the time because I just didn't like myself. And because I chose in so many spaces of my life to feed my, uh, negative response to life, my discouragement, uh, even my feelings of depression, I knew that I wasn't relying on God for my my contentment, my feeling, my satisfaction. And so for me, I had turned to some other places in my life that I thought could fill me and they weren't. In fact, they were doing the exact opposite. They were actually killing me. And so going from there where I was dissatisfied emotionally and and physically and, and spiritually in some places, I've had a renewed sense of purpose and what he can do with me by finding strength and by finding some self-control and by finding some discipline. But I really also feel like there were a lot of times where I was in the middle of a workout and I would just cry. I'd sit on the floor and say, God, can you please help me get through this? Because I, I cannot do this on my own strength. It's it's impossible for me to do it today. I'm not emotionally there. I, I'm physically spent. And there were so many times where I was able to get back up do it, finish my workouts or finish the day and really find some joy and, and satisfaction in being able to do all that. And I think my drive first and foremost for this entire change in me was spiritual because I knew that I was sort of making a mess of my life and really wanted some, some direction to see that change. So totally. What a beautiful answer. I, 
I feel like the word that comes up to mind as I hear you share this is alignment. Like I think oftentimes when the body's not healthy, we don't feel like we're in alignment, especially when we're doing self-destructive behaviors and the emotional components tied up in there. And then you're able to like get everything aligned where I, I believe their connection to God is starts at this heart of self-love. If we don't have love in ourselves, it's tough to like to really have a deep spiritual connection. So I'm very glad that you've created that intentionally through the hard work. And it's not to say that when we put our faith and rely on God, that we're not all there sweating it out and doing the work <laughs> like bodies that are built on action, right? We must take action, but the inner strength that you can derive from, from what you believe is really profound. So I would love to change gears towards the end of this conversation and ask you to give yourself or a new fit mom who's just getting started some advice on from the vantage point of you having gone through a truly profound 360 degree transformation, having lost a substantial amount of weight, what would you say are the words of wisdom that are important for someone to hear in the first phase of their journey? And then I'd love for you to also give a words of advice after the fact for someone who's maybe where you're at right now. So maybe words of advice to yourself, someone who has run the run, has lost the weight, and now you're in this new kind of phase. Let's start off with the newbies and then we'll move on to where you're at. So for the newbies, I would say the most important part is using the tools that Dr. Anthony has given us. Go back and read the, the meal plan. You know, Go all the way from the very beginning to the end. Don't skip out because you're doing yourself a disservice because what you've allowed us to do through this process is enable ourselves to do it and take care of ourselves. You know, you've started with a library and kind of a tool belt of ways that we can just set out, learn how to do it on our own and learn it in the safety of our community within Facebook. And I would say that, you know, a big part of doing this successfully is number one, believing that it's not going to happen overnight. We didn't get here where we were in a day. It's not going to happen overnight. Be patient with yourself be gracious because it's hard work. And I know that people are scared of hard work. So don't be scared of it. Just be courageous, take a breath and start and do as much as you can. And every day that you keep showing up and you keep doing it, you're going to, you're going to start believing in yourself more. So keep doing that. The hydration aspect of it. I hear a lot of people say, I cannot drink 120, 130 ounces, 140 ounces of water in the course of the day. You know what? I was that person and I can do it now. And it took some time and it took some, you know, I, I went through a number of water bottles and I'm a very visual person. So I found one that I can actually see through it. So I can see the, the progress that I'm making in the course of the day. And that made a huge difference for me. I tracked it on my journaling page. So for me, the journaling was a huge benefit for me because I could actually, you know, visually sit down and see what I was doing in the course of the day. And I would already have a plan for myself. As soon as I woke up that morning, I already know what workout I'm going to do. I already know I'm going to have my shake. I already know what meals I'm going to prepare for the rest of the day. I'm setting myself up for success by doing that. And I think finally, being a part of the Fit Mother Facebook community, I know a lot of people are really starting to steer away from uh, some of the social communities, the social media like Instagram and Facebook. But for me, that community was a huge part of my success. You know, the Zoom calls every couple of weeks that Amy Spock had were 
a wonderful part of getting to know other people that were doing this with me. Diane O'Brien is a spitfire and fantastic. And, and she finally had to say, you know, Kristen, butter is not a spice. So you can't use that in your spices when you cook anymore. She giggled at me, but I was like, you know, butter has been a spice for me, butter and salt, you know, and pepper every once in a while. So, you know, growing that, that part of us and learning how to do this was wonderfully played out in the Facebook page for Fit Mother and the Alpha Chapter. People post recipes and you can get all sorts of answers to questions from people who have already done this walk. And so for me in the first 30 days, that was enormous to my success and my encouragement and and my confidence to be able to do it because I was actually literally seeing other people that had done it. I think now for people who are doing it here, I would say keep making goals because if you're not making new goals for yourself and and attaining those, you can start to stagnate again. And I think this uh, lifestyle, just like lots of other disciplines in our lives, takes a personal responsibility and intentionality to start it again every single day. You know, in my faith walk, I get up every morning and I read a devotional and I read my Bible and I pray, and that has to be an intentional part of my faith in order to continue this strong relationship with Christ that I have and to prevent me from falling away from what I know to be, you know, truth in my life in the Bible. So in the same, you know, regard, I think this uh, fit mother lifestyle has to be something that you start every single morning committing to again. It's not just a, you know, I didn't stop at August 31st. I had to, to again, make that commitment to do this lifestyle on September 1st. And then I did it again on September 2nd and I journaled and I was a part of the, the fit mother, you know, community again. And I would ask the questions. I didn't, I didn't want to be afraid to do that. And, and so even now going back to present where I am, I'm still a part of the diamond group, which is a phase four group of, of ladies that have done this. And I still really enjoy being able to fellowship with them and seeing where their new goals are set and things like that. Because I think if you don't set yourself goals, then I think you're going to completely stall out or you're at least going to do yourself a disservice because, you know, once I got to phase four in the summer and I moved over then I was able to do things like strength months where I found a new passion for getting excited to lift weights. You know, I'd never lifted a barbell with plates on it in my life. You know, know, college was the last time I tried to do that and I just lifted the bar. So it's exciting to see yourself be able to tackle new challenges and to be able to do this successfully. But I think also to be able to see the other women and even men in these communities succeed, it it is empowering, not just on a personal level, but it's empowering, you know, in the lifestyle that we've created to, you know, across the board, seeing our families grow, seeing our friends succeed. And and I definitely have some fantastic friends in this community that I've made, you know, Nicole Benzel and my best friend, Claire Dorn and Steph Pleasure, and then, you know, fantastic people like Amy Spock and Diane O'Brien. And, uh, you know, it, they've, they've become family to me because they have such wisdom and insight and, and it's exciting to be able to tackle these new places with them. So what a beautiful answer on both fronts. I don't think any more needs to be said. I think it's because 
what you shared today touched on so many different dimensions of our being, certainly the habits, the physical actions, the mental side of, of committing to something, getting clear on what needs to be done, the emotional side of starting before you even necessarily have the full courage, but going through the journey, feeling the feelings, getting stronger every day. And then the community aspect too, of doing this around like-minded people is a way to like borrow strength early in your journey and also to give it back later on. Because it's like this cycle of both giving and receiving where I think our cup gets filled up so much. And it's just a pleasure to have you on here, Kristen. Thank you so much for for being a fit mother, for working this plan. Because ultimately, all the information in the world just sits on the internet as a PDF. It needs to be taken by somebody like you who's willing to watch this, print it out, look at how this can apply in your life, and now you're doing it. And I wish you decades and decades of health, wealth, happiness for yourself and your family. Thank you so much for being a fit mother and for coming on the podcast today. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Hey there, my friend. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Fit Mother Project podcast. If you love what you heard, I have a favor to ask you. Please consider taking 60 seconds right now to leave us a rating and review on our podcast. Leaving us a review is super quick. It only takes a minute and it's so, so helpful to us as it really boosts this podcast to reach more people who need this information and this message. If you're listening on Apple Podcast, you can leave us a star rating and review. If you're watching on YouTube, you can hit the like button and leave us a comment. Overall, I truly appreciate you being with us here on the podcast. On behalf of me and my entire Fit Mother Project team, we truly feel honored and grateful to support you and your family on your journey to fantastic health. I thank you for your support of this podcast and of this mission. Also, if you're interested in joining our Complete Fit Mother program and becoming an official member of our community, you can visit our website, fitmotherproject.com. And on the Fit Mother site, you'll be able to see our Complete Fit Mother program along with our online store with the best supplements designed for busy moms. And you'll also find a ton of free resources like recipes, workouts, meal plans, and more. God bless you and your family. This is Dr. Anthony Balduzzi signing off. I'll catch you on the next episodes of the Fit Mother Project podcast. 